Welcome once again, Iowa innovators, educators, entrepreneurs, ecosystem builders, and anyone who's interested in finding fresh ways of doing the work they do right here in Iowa. This is Iowa Innovation, powered by NuboCo, where we talk to leaders in innovation, education, and entrepreneurship. I'm Dr. Jennifer Murphy. And I am not a doctor, Rob Merritt. Today, we're talking with Rob Williams with SourceLink. He is a regional director, and he gets to travel all over the Midwest, uh, really fostering entrepreneurship, making sure resources get connected, and kind of build ecosystems all across the nation. And he was one of the first people to create Entrefest, so that's a pretty cool thing that we'll get into a little bit. So with that, let's innovate, Iowa. This show is sponsored by Nymaster Good. They are Iowa's largest law firm with offices in, where are they at, Rob? I think they're in Des Moines, they're in Cedar Rapids, and they are in Ames. Yes, good job. Three points for you. So Nymaster's cutting edge, positive legal approach has helped businesses of all sizes succeed for more than 100 years. And that really strikes me as we think about the conversation we're having today with just resources across the state for entrepreneurs. These guys have been doing it for a long time. Yeah, that's huge. And so they're going to know exactly what kind of questions people will have. They'll know how to respond. Like... At your level, you know, like they aren't going to be like, oh, well, you know, this is what this giant company did. You know, if if you're a a small startup business, that's not going to apply to you. And so Nymaster Good understands how to tailor that response and know exactly what you need. Yeah. So one of the pieces of advice that Rob shares with us today is to ask for help. And this is definitely one of those areas that you really should go ask for help. And Nymaster can do it with their more than 70 practice areas. They've got all kinds of expertise um, with their attorneys in all areas of the law, things like corporate structure, which is always one of those questions that I get asked. I know when I'm working with entrepreneurs, how should I form? Um, Capital raising is another really big one. Intellectual property is always a concern. Um, tax planning, employee benefits, labor and employment law, government relations, litigation. I feel like the list can just go on and on when you're talking about questions entrepreneurs might have. These are the people to talk to. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, visit NyMaster.com to learn what NyMaster Good can do for you. That's NYEMaster.com. All right. Well, welcome, Rob, to the show. Thanks. We now have two Robs, so we're going to have to be very careful that we know who we're talking to. That's not going to cause any confusion today at <laughs> Never. All. Well, welcome to my world. Nope, nope. So my name, you know, my name is Jennifer, obviously, um, for those of you that don't know this already, if you haven't listened to the intro to the podcast for some reason. But either way, um, <laughs> when I was in uh, grade school, it was like the most popular name ever, right? So I'd be walking down the hall, someone would scream Jennifer, and you'd turn, like 10 people would turn around. <laughs> And what was really funny about that was my mom named me Jennifer because in 1974, like everybody was naming their kids. So now everybody's doing math. How old am I? But the, <laughs> everybody was naming their kids like Moonbeam and Sunflower and like all these great hippie names. Right. So my mom's like, I'm going to be different. I'm going to name her a normal name. Uh, Jennifer was the number one name of 1974 oh for goodness. girls. <laughs> and you could tell that in my school classes in K through 12. So, um, yeah, but that's names are not the point of our podcast today. <laughs> Although I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, so, so glad that you could come here yeah. and talk with us because um, you work for SourceLink. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, we have Iowa Source Link here in yeah. Iowa. And I think it's one of those resources that not everybody knows about. And yeah. so I would love for you to tell us kind of at a, you work at the national level. So what is Source Link all about? And then we'll kind of dive in from there into, okay. into your adventures. Okay. That sounds good to me. Uh, so yeah, I work uh, for Source Link. I serve as the director there. Mm-hmm. Um, I handle all of our operations and implementations that we do all across the country. Um, we have an affiliated network of 70 or so different communities all across the United mm-hmm. States that we engage with. We provide consulting and technology services to help local community leaders better support and grow their local entrepreneurs. Okay. And in Iowa, that looks like, of course, IASourceLink.com mm-hmm. is the website for that particular program. Um, oftentimes, we'll have uh, a central website where owners can get information about how to start and grow their mm-hmm their local business. Uh, usually we have uh, something we call the resource navigator, which is an online searchable directory of all of the nonprofit resources that are available to entrepreneurs that they can search through and, and find the right resource at the right time. Um, that's a pretty common challenge when you're starting or growing a company to know yes. about as I see yes. you both nodding and you get that. Uh, and so we're, that's kind of the intent behind um, uh, the platforms and, and systems that we put in place. Uh, okay. The other thing that we have is um uh, CRM system, you can kind of think of it a, as a decision engine that captures a lot of small business and entrepreneur information and centralizes it in one spot mm. so that the folks that are administering this platform or building that network of support can be able to tease out um, ecosystem level insights about what's going on with mm. the community. Um, they can identify gaps for entrepreneurs and small business owners. Um, and then also gauge the health of the network of the ecosystem and see that over time. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, and each community is a little bit different in how they deploy it. But in, in essence, that's kind of what we, we specialize in doing. Okay. Now, I know that you spent a good portion of your career with the University of Northern Iowa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there are so many options for an entrepreneur uh, whether they want to try and grow a business here in Iowa or whether they want to go to a different market somewhere else. Mm-hmm. As someone who's been very connected to the state, why is it why is it important to you to specifically support growing business in the state of Iowa? Why is that something that you're passionate about? Oh, 100% I'm passionate about it. Uh, you know, part of it I is... I wish you all could see his face right now. He like leaned yeah, back, right, started rubbing ready. his hands this together. Is, this this was like the, the audio equivalent of me like throwing up the softball and going, yeah, here you go, you go hit that sucker. God, I wish you all could see his face. All right, take it away, Rob. Oh, man. Um, you know, I got to start first with uh, my family, I come from a family of entrepreneurs and innovators uh, and entrepreneurs and uh, outright entrepreneurs. And so this is very near to and dear uh, to my heart. Um, I think that small businesses and uh, entrepreneurs are the backbone of all of our communities. They're the ones that uh, underwrite and sponsor, you know, the local football team. They're the ones that give mm-hmm. our community, that make our communities great places to live, work and play. And um, when we support small business, when we support local, we all win. And, um, and it helps the entire community. And so um, it, it's more of a question in my mind of why wouldn't we? And, you know, it's a question that's always been in my mind because it seems so, so obvious to me, especially working in the field that I do, the wider field of economic development, which is just now beginning to um, really pay attention to entrepreneurs and small business owners in a way that I haven't seen um, in, a, in a while during my, my tenure, at least in this in this field. Uh, 
so it's, it's everything. It's everything. I think that it, it's, it's crucial to our state, to the health of our communities that we support. We were, we were talking a little bit before we started this podcast <clears> about <throat> how um, some of the, the working from home, how the, how the quarantine kind of made a few people go stir crazy and uh, <laughs> aff- affected things. But I'm sort of curious. I don't know why you looked at me when you said that. But I keep have going. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of curious. Uh, working with entrepreneurs, working in startup businesses, you know, everybody talks about how the pandemic stopped this or, or messed up this, but I'm curious if you've observed new opportunities being created Mm -hmm. as a result of especially entrepreneurs needing to work out Mm -hmm. of their home, needing to do their business almost entirely online, uh, in the face of everything, has that actually opened any doors for new entrepreneurs that you've seen, or has it kind of changed the way things work at all in the last couple of years? hundred percent. Um, a hundred percent. The beautiful thing about working with entrepreneurs and innovators and entrepreneurs, as you both know, they innovate, mm-hmm. they figure out ways to get it done in the face of, uh, any kind of uh, tribulations and challenges. That's what literally the definition of, you know, innovator and entrepreneur really is. Um, and so, yes, uh, we've seen all kinds of businesses adapt and change. New markets have been opened. Um, the flip side of course, is that there have been a lot of business closures. Uh, and so I think that that coin is kind of flipped on, on both sides. One thing that, um, I actually was just looking at, so we do a lot of research as well. And, I uh, was just looking at the latest data for our, uh, job creation in the Kansas City market, and we're seeing record job creation happening right now. And I think we're probably one of only a handful of groups that are able to see that because of the data that we have access to. And so I think that we're going to start seeing what could be a new boom in entrepreneurship and innovation, and I think that it could be tied to what's going on with the pandemic. Are there any particular examples that you find to be particularly exciting or innovative that you've seen pop up in the last year or so? In terms of uh, businesses? In in terms of people who being forced into, oh, you know, the pandemic has kind of messed things up, but hey, I've got new ideas now based on this and I'm going to start something that maybe two years ago I couldn't have started. Are there any particular examples that come into your mind of, oh, here's somebody who got really creative with that? Oh, man. Of course, now I I can't think of a specific example, but I've noticed a trend that I'm really, really excited about um, and particularly with Iowa companies. Um, a lot of re- a lot of retail operations, a lot of small um, and, and micro enterprise types of companies that were not selling online were, were forced to adapt and get online. Um, and I think that that's going to have it, it has already had uh, definitely positive impacts. And I, I think that has really helped get a lot of companies that needed to be online online and, and actually tapping into customers um, that way. Are um, any with that this. This has been a question I've been trying to form for quite a while, and and Mm -hmm. I may not ask it very clearly, but, you know, we've got, we saw anyway here in Cedar Rapids, just such an emphasis on support your local entrepreneur, support support your local small business, especially during the pandemic when all of our service providers were just struggling a little bit. But to your point, that did drive so many of them online to be able to do online ordering, Mm -hmm. you know, curbside pickup, that kind of stuff. Um, has that for some of these more retail focused organizations versus necessarily food service, is anybody measuring how that is being impacted by kind of like where they're shipping to 
because we went from a storefront to mm-hmm. now having an online presence. Mm-hmm. Are they now selling outside their normal service area? And I know that's an in the weeds question, <laughs> but I'm curious if you know if anybody's tracking any of that kind of data, because that's fascinating to me. We should, we should, but I, I am not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I, I strongly suspect that that is happening. Yeah. I strongly suspect that is happening. And, you know, it's, speaking of Cedar Rapids, you don't have to look too far to think about what happened during the flood, right? And right. all of the innovation and new opportunities that were opened up as a result. Um, I think that, that we're just kind of seeing that with this pandemic as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I suspect that, that a lot of these um, businesses are tapping into new markets and, and additional markets through being able to open up online. The other piece of data that I've seen that feels maybe not conflicting, but maybe just not as sorted out as it could be Mm -hmm. is, you know, Robert asked a question, you know, how many more people are going into entrepreneurship? My question is maybe more granular. How much of that was by necessity and how much of that was by opportunity? Absolutely. And we know, we know from previous, you know, from the recession that necessity entrepreneurship happened um, and we saw a spike in that, but the question was, is it sustainable? And, and it wasn't. And right. so we saw that kind of return to normal levels after. Uh, what we could be seeing here is another uh, necessity entrepreneurship type of spike of activity. Whether that lasts long term, I don't know. How long did we see that drop off after oh, the recession? Do you remember? I want to say it was for a few years. Okay. Uh, I always was looking in, in yearly data, um, so I would always notice it right after the recession, and I think it maybe took a couple years to level sure. back. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so tell us about some of your adventures. Some of our adventures. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. So one trend I'm seeing nationally, um, so the Small Business Administration just a bunch of money into local communities to deploy a hub and spoke network mm. where multiple organizations would work together to support area entrepreneurs. What I'm really excited about is this is the first at scale opportunity to really test this ecosystem building model that's emerging mm-hmm. um, in entrepreneurial delivery or entrepreneurship support and uh, technical assistance delivery to directly to entrepreneurs. It's an opportunity um, for organizations to work collaboratively to capture collective impact, um, and hopefully at the end of the day to make the entrepreneur's experience and getting access to and being able to utilize resources better. And so that experiment is going on right now. It's called the SBA Community Navigator Pilot Program. <clears throat> we are uh, fast approaching already uh, the uh, second quarter of that program, a uh, two-year program. So I have been able to watch as multiple, uh, five different communities are deploying this, each a little bit differently. Um, additionally, and interestingly, what is also kind of neat is uh, I'm also working with a community that did not receive that funding to do that particular model, but liked that approach and actually decided to self-fund it and do it themselves, Oakland County and Michigan. Wow. Um, these other groups, my other group is uh, The Grid in Wisconsin, and they, uh, they're working collaboratively with, I think, seven or eight different organizations to uh, really work with entrepreneurs and accelerate and grow what they have. Um, and so, yeah, that's just been really, really fun and interesting to, to watch. Okay. So if there's, a, if there's an entrepreneur, someone who's just getting started, mm-hmm. who's listening to this, and they're like, SourceLink, I'm not familiar with that. How do I get involved with SourceLink? Um, can you kind of give an explanation of how 
a, a someone who is looking to take advantage of some of the services that SourceLink sure. offers, um, how do they how do they learn what's available, and then how do they get in contact with you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, when we have a, a SourceLink affiliate in play in a local community, um, generally we'll point them to that local network of support. And so, like here in Iowa, it's Iowa SourceLink um, in. Wisconsin at Start in Wisconsin, um, in Kansas is Network Kansas. Uh, SourceLink National, you know, we we tend to work more with cities and economic developers and um, state organizations to build that network of support. So I don't actually do a lot of direct work one-on-one with entrepreneurs and, and business owners, but my affiliates do. Um, and generally then when the entrepreneur connects with one of our SourceLink networks of support, uh, there's an intake process where we're trying to understand what those entrepreneurial needs are. And then there's a process of connecting that entrepreneur to the right resource at the right time. And so understanding um, what that entrepreneur really needs, is that financing, is it legal help, is it um, business planning, and then getting them to the right resource for them, meeting them where they are, is really the crux of what our affiliates do day to day. You know, I know this question's come up a lot in like, our Iowa startup accelerator, places like that. Um, but I'm curious what your thoughts are since you work with a lot of a lot of these businesses. What is the single biggest obstacle that you observe for entrepreneurs to grow? Is it is it their own like is it their own lack of vision? Is it other obstacles? Like what is the biggest thing that holds an entrepreneur back from taking their business from where it is here to the next level to making it grow further? So that's a, a good question. And I think it starts with kind of understanding that there are a lot of different kinds of entrepreneurs. And so when we, when we do our research, when we think about supporting entrepreneurs, we tend to classify them as micro enterprise, main street entrepreneurs, um, innovators and, um, uh, innovation led companies. And, uh, they all have kind of different aims and different goals. And not every business uh, has a goal to add employees or to grow. Um, some are quite content to be, um, you know, r- profitable and, uh, and operate, you know, a downtown location. Uh, so I think sometimes it's the mindset of the owner and just making sure and understand kind of what they want to do with it. When entrepreneurs are in a position that they do want to grow, um, it's kind of the usual um, finding the right market um, and being able to get to communicate those services and offerings, it's finding the right workforce. Workforce comes up all the time in every <laughs> community. Usually is a, it can be a challenge. Um, sometimes it's access to capital. Um, and we know that equity and access to capital are not always uh, happening as, as they should. Um, and so that can be a barrier. Uh, sadly, and tied to that, you know, race can be a barrier. And... Um, uh, we're getting better at that and communities are trying to get better at that, but we have, we have a ways to go. So there's a lot of reasons why uh, it may be difficult for a business to expand. Well, and you bring up an interesting point is that not necessarily every business has to expand that sometimes an owner will find like uh, they, they, the business gets big enough for them to do what they want to do and work with the people that they want to work with. And that we're always told, Oh, you know, you got to keep growing. A business has to keep growing. Sure. But maybe they don't always have to. Maybe they've found the right size they need yeah. to live at, and they yeah. simply need to keep doing what they do well. Um, is there? Do you find that uh, that owners are able to kind of find that sweet spot on their own, 
or do you find that you kind of that uh, that you kind of have to help them figure that out? Like, like, do you think that it? Do you find yourself working with entrepreneurs and kind of telling them, "Hey, you know what? I think you've you've peaked out. This is where you should be." Versus, "Hey, you know, there's a lot of untapped potential here that maybe you should look into." Yeah, I, I you know, it it really it comes back to understanding that that owner and that entrepreneur and what their aims are. And um, when I was doing a lot of direct business consulting, uh, usually we would also provide market research information and try to provide the uh, owner with the best information and knowledge that we could so that they could make a decision in keeping with where they wanted to go. Yeah, yeah I think there's, um, you know, there's all these different segments of of entrepreneurship, especially here in the state, you know, yeah. we've got ag, we've got ed, we've got um, very niche businesses mm-hmm. to, you know, to businesses that can serve the globe that yeah. all kind of fall under this umbrella of entrepreneurship. And and that's not unique to Iowa necessarily. Maybe the ag, the emphasis on the ag part sure. may, may be yeah. a little yeah, bit, yeah. Um, you know, but with such a diverse set of potential entrepreneurs here in Iowa, how do we, how do you become all things to all entrepreneurs? <laughs> oh man, that's a tough one. So what I do, what, what we, our philosophy is to win where, where you stand. Mm-hmm. And so understand where your strengths are in terms of um, sectors, in terms of resources, in terms of uh, all of those different elements and, and including and in, in an important part that's often overlooked is culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then figure out how to leverage those strengths to mm-hmm. support innovation and in small business. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we mentioned ag and we laugh, but that's a strength. It is. That's a strength. And when I was running uh, Dream Big Grow here and some of the other programs out at UNI, um, you know, I got to see some of the coolest innovations coming from farmers coming in the ag sector. Um, they just... To being able to amplify and build on those kinds of strengths is uh, what I would recommend uh, Iowa start with. Well, and I think you hit on one of those really <clears throat> key things in entrepreneurship is that someone identifies that there's a problem and someone yeah. else that has a strength to figure it out. And sometimes yeah. you're the same person, Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's and that's there, you know, that's where that seed of potential entrepreneurship can be. Um, can be planted to stay with the ag metaphor. Ha ha ha. Um, the, but I also, you know, it almost kind of takes me back to my earlier question too about, you know, will we see a roll off, you know, post pandemic? And if you mm. think about, you know, the oft touted statistics of, you know, if you can stay in business for five years, then you're a quote unquote successful entrepreneur, right? And so that kind of stands in, in sure. keeping with post recession roll off, you're at that less than five year mark. Um, do you have a sense of what that statistic looks like for Iowa? Right I, I don't. I'm, I yeah. don't. And I wasn't um, sure if you would. I just. And you know, I think, too, I was just um, talking with a colleague about this the other day. You know, that five year mark, businesses go and shut down all the time for a lot of different reasons. It's so Some arbitrary. Of them are completely yeah. legitimate. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I often don't pay much attention to that, yeah. if I'm being totally yeah. honest. And I don't. That's fair. Um, is is something to be aware of, um, but churn is healthy and and should be expected in in mm-hmm. you know the economy. Yeah. So a lot of people uh, from outside of the state of Iowa assume that hey, if there's a business coming out of Iowa, it must be ag related, and there are a <laughs> lot that that are, and it, like you said, it is a strong sector. But um, in your experience with all the different businesses that that you've worked with, has there 
is there a business that came out of Iowa that stands out in your memory as like, wow, nobody would believe this came from Iowa? Is there, I mean, that's I'm a sure, tough question for yeah. me because I love this state. Um, you know, I, I moved back to Iowa from uh, Kansas City, Missouri to be closer to family. And, uh, and, and during my tenure at UNI, I did see so many. I, I was always uh, impressed and amazed at the kinds of businesses that we grow here, uh, sticking with the plant metaphor, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Figured I'd plant that seed in yeah, there. We get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I mean, that, that was almost a, a daily occurrence uh, back when I was working with entrepreneurs uh, here in the state. Um, so I, 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 don't, I don't know how to answer that. I guess maybe it's not so much surprised as, because I'm like you, I, I also am really yeah, proud of, yeah. of, of Iowa and what we do here. And if anything, I, I, look, I like it when I have a story that lets me brag. Where sure. I can oh, be sure. talking to a friend from California and be like, yeah, you know what we just did last week? Or you know who's <laughs> from here? And they're like, what? That's Iowa? And I'm like, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just curious if there are any of those like that for you. If there are any like success stories that you kind of tout when you talk to somebody who isn't from here. But hey, here's a surprise for you. We made this thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. You know what I love um, that I think Iowa does really well? Um, they, They... The resource network here actually collaborates and talks to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does not happen in every community. Uh, in fact, that's the exception, not the rule. Uh, that's why SourceLink exists. You mean because those communities are competitive? What, what, um, what's the reason those conversations don't happen so elsewhere? So what, what what's happened for the last uh, 20 or so years, now 30 years, um, we had a lot of uh, nonprofits that were kind of in existence that were stood up to help support entrepreneurs. And that kind of happened um, over time. And those organizations all did really good work working one-on-one with entrepreneurs, your SBDCs, SCORE, um, all the programs at Nuboco, uh, you know, all of these different groups doing really good work. Um, and it never, it doesn't always happen that all of those organizations actually uh, share and collaborate and talk about all of their programs. And so entrepreneurs would often have to go and they would use one program and they might be referred to another program or they might go to another program. But there was no system in place. There was no infrastructure there to really um, support all the different kinds of entrepreneurs. And Iowa, for a long time, ever since, even back when I was at UNI, you know, almost 10 years ago, um, there, there were regularly the state organizations and local programs were getting together. The executives of those organizations were regularly uh, meeting on a quarterly basis. Uh, you saw the creation of Entrefest, which is still running to this day, which often had a lot of participation from the statewide partners and local June providers. 8th, 9th, and 10th in oh, Iowa of course. City. Get, Get your tickets at entrefest.com. Yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Highly recommend. Um, you know, I, you, don't, you don't see that in, in every single community, and Iowa's doing a really good job there. <clears throat> Yeah, that's true. And just total side note on this. I was at a conference with um, some entrepreneurs back in February and I was introducing myself. I was a new member and I was, you know, yeah, I'm from Iowa and mm-hmm. you know, work for this organization. And they all like kind of laughed about like building entrepreneurship. And I was like, y'all don't even understand, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like, you know, and I, I shared a few things about just the work that Nuboco is doing, like oh, not yeah. even touching on the other things. Yeah. And they were like, oh, oh, okay. You yeah. know, and it 
just, and I, I kind of, I'm not a native Iowan. Um, I'm a native Californian, which I know some people will despise, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, but you know, but I do think that, especially I think working for Nebo the last couple of years, like I really have gotten to see, kind of that underbelly, if you will. And that sounds so kind of nefarious, but it's like, <laughs> you know, this this underbelly of people that are just really, you know, pushing things forward, pulling yeah. things forward, yeah. um, running alongside things yeah. that are just moving forward and yeah. being, you know, the best kinds of cheerleaders and support systems that an entrepreneur could want. Yeah. And it was, you know, as you're aware, I, I did some research on our ecosystem and women entrepreneurs in our ecosystem a couple of or about a year and a half ago or so. And it was surprising to me the disparity in the connections mm. for these women. You know, some understood and they had gone through accelerator programs. They'd gone through funding cycles. They were in. They knew what they needed to do. And others were just like, I didn't know where to plug in. I didn't know how to ask. And it really was kind of like that extreme. Yeah. And so how how do we, in, just in your perspective, your opinion, how do we reach those entrepreneurs that are being entrepreneurs, Yes, but they're not connected to yeah. our ecosystem? How do we, how do we get to them in your, from where you sit? Oh man, that's the million dollar question. Right. Uh, and it's, it starts with being able to meet those entrepreneurs where they are mm-hmm. and starting with, from a place of understanding what they're going through and, and what they're trying to do. Uh, I've seen a lot of communities do some pretty pioneering things. The latest iteration uh, really is putting, um, (laughs) one of my uh, colleagues calls it boots on the ground, but um, enabling counselors to go and meet one-on-one with entrepreneurs. Uh, Back when I was at UNI, I would go to downtowns, downtown Main Streets, and I would go door-to-door, and I would meet with the owners in their their business Mm. and share with them all of the different resources that, that could help them with their challenges. You know, it's that kind of effort um, that sometimes is required. Um, I also have seen where some groups have used um, business grant contests to be able to attract entrepreneurs who are looking for funding, to be able to share a little information about what they're working on. Um, and so I've seen that approach work. Um, last, I have been watching as more... Uh, uh, kind of the non-traditional or maybe unexpected organizations have been empowered to go and uh, get word out about the resource network. Um, and so we're seeing uh, that also uh, happen as well. What kind of organizations do you mean when you say that? Other organizations that we're seeing get more engaged include like the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in some mm, communities. Okay. Um, the National Urban League often has entrepreneurship mm-hmm. programs and services uh, of course, there are women's business centers, and um, so we're seeing a lot of these organizations that cater and provide services to uh, uh, specialty populations that mm-hmm. are really good at reaching those communities and and uh, are really effective in helping to make sure that those communities that are sometimes left out or oftentimes left out um, are better included and looped into the available resources. Yeah, so that's I'm affiliated <clears throat> with a um, a group called Bunker Labs, which serves a bunker, yeah, 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 yeah. which serves veterans, right? Yes, and absolutely. So, That'd be another example, yeah. for sure. And that you know, it's an interesting or it's an interesting dynamic because um, you know veterans are either like so used to working within a system that they're automatically look for one, and as yeah. we all know, if you're looking for a single system in entrepreneurship, you're not going to find it, <laughs> right. and that can be frustrating. Yeah. Or alternatively, they can be stubborn like me and just decide they're going to figure it out all by themselves. 
themselves. Sure. <laughs> and I so, you know, and so that's what I, I do love about my work with Bunker Labs is it's yeah. a it's a comfortable environment for veterans to connect with other veterans and build that's this it. entrepreneurship. And I think that's where, you know, Hispanic Chambers of Commerce and, and all of these other organizations, it's like I, I feel I feel um, uh, normal is not the word I'm looking for. I feel like um, I'm included. Yeah. And then as being part of that micro group, I can now be part of a larger group. That's exactly you know? it. Um, and, you know, when you have a peer that, that shares some of your background and your experiences and uh, can speak your language, sometimes literally, mm-hmm. uh, that, that makes all the difference. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, that's exactly right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, I think that's, and that's one of the things, you know, at NubioCo we've been kind of, you know, looking at is how, how do we emulate this kind of, this kind of, of work where we are able to connect with these different communities that are not, you know, the largely white Cedar Rapids population that we've been working with. And I mean, just to say what it is and we're so, you know, we've instituted programs like our Kiva program that does um, Mm -hmm. loans for um, businesses that we wouldn't have traditionally had a, a venue or a path to work with at the stage of business they are in. Yeah. You know, and so I, I love these these steps to entrepreneurship that I, I feel like we're seeing more and more. And maybe they were there before, but we weren't talking about them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah. So it's I think it's really I think we're headed in the right direction as an entrepreneurial um, community. And are, are you familiar with the ecosystem building leadership project that Kaufman funded? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm part of that. The, I've actually on- been part of that iteration for the better part of six years, okay, starting good. with the yeah. summits and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause and Andy I, Stoll is behind that. Yes. Yeah. You yes. know, he's a local legend. Yeah. A national legend. Very good friend of mine. Andy, if you hear this, I'm giving you a shout yes, out. Yes. Definitely. Uh, so we have to tag Andy in our social oh media. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I have. Okay. Can I ask a favor? Sure. If everyone that hears this, if you could just tweet Andy, <laughs> we need to look up his and put put it in the notes. But I want everybody just to ping him and just tell him he's awesome. Yes. He he got me at Entrefest one year. I was running late to the opening yeah. ceremony and he didn't see me. So he had the entire room of 300 people all tweet me at the same time oh asking God. where I was. And I he thought that was it. so funny. Oh. So now that I'm at a stage yes. with an audience here, I want to try to get him back, but make it yes. very positive and tell yes. him that you love him because he's a great yes. guy. Yes. He's doing great work. And if you need words to say, just thank him for all the work that he's doing at Indeed. system yes. development because Indeed. that was, I, you know, he said he, we get these emails from Kaufman and they say of they're course. from Andy, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got an email and it was from Andy, but I knew it was Kaufman and it had ecosystem building leadership project on it looking for recruits and I'm like I'm in that's great like I want to be a part of this so I'm on the DEI team and I'm the DEI rep for the network health team and it's fascinating like hearing all because it's across the nation like there's it's not Iowa it's not and you're seeing what I'm seeing is shared um I'm gonna use the word pain it's not you know that that feels really melodramatic but just these shared points of um, this is what we're experiencing. And yeah. so you know, we're not alone here in Iowa with things we're trying no. to do. You know, other states are going through some of this. Other states are coming across challenges. But the universal, you know, the thing that's pulling us all together is we all want to see this continue. We want to yeah. see these ecosystems be healthy and strong and vibrant and encouraging and supportive. 
And um, I, I love to be, I love to think that I can be a part of that in whatever small way I am contributing yeah. during these 90 minute meetings every couple of weeks, you know, that, that I'm able to add to this. So, yeah. and I think that that's a message maybe for everybody as a, as a small business or a resource to a small business or an agency or just a consumer, you yeah. know, we are all part of this ecosystem. None of us is excluded from it. Um, we're all touching it in some way, either through our dollar or through our actions. And we need to keep doing that yeah. wherever we are. So when you travel, go find a small business. <laughs> when right. you're at home, right. go find a business, you know, find those things that are, that are going to help contribute to our communities. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I, in my heart and what I know to be true is that the future of economic development, the future of community and economic development is, uh, entrepreneurship and innovation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. And we're now getting to the point with this ecosystem building leadership project to uh, really try to build a field and a community of practice nationally around it um, and to accelerate and tell the stories that of communities that are doing a really, really good job because yeah. uh, we can all learn and benefit as we yeah. build out that that national infrastructure. And that's what that group is, is working on. And if you're interested in getting yeah. involved, there's still time to get involved. Yep. It's an open and collaborative pro project. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, that's... Yeah. It's critical. Yeah. So Rob, I know we were we brought up Entrefest earlier in this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I know that you were involved with Entrefest kind of yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, from your perspective, what has it been like? And we have it coming up in just a couple of weeks here. And as you look at it, how much it's grown, how much it's become, you know, such a part of the you know, the infrastructure oh, now, man. uh yeah. of eastern Iowa. Um just I don't know. Do you feel like a proud parent or what? <laughs> <laughs> don't make me cry now? Yeah, that that pulls on my heart a little bit. Uh, yeah, that as part of the original group that um, pulled that first very snowy, very cold 150 or bouts person conference in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Yeah, that was the first Entrefest. Um, and at that time, we actually rotated it around at different places in Iowa. And uh, then we partnered with with Andy, obviously, mm -hmm. legend, the legend, <laughs> uh, and uh, we just saw that just grow and grow. Um, and it was it's I am so proud of it. I'm I'm so proud of the way that it has continued to grow, the way that it continues to celebrate entrepreneurship. Um, I haven't found an event quite like that. Um, using the place as a venue was something really, really that still is exciting. And I think that tradition still lives mm -hmm. on. Um, and it's been funny actually just coming to visit Cedar Rapids and seeing all the sayings that I, I remember hearing back when we were just pulling this together and, you know, the trust your crazy ideas and again, <laughs> there's Andy again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, I'm, I'm very proud to see that continuing and uh, continuing to inspire and empower entrepreneurs. And not just in the state. I know that yeah. it attracts a Midwest yeah. footprint, which yeah, is impressive. Yeah, I mean, we bring in speakers from all over the states oh, anymore. Yeah, yeah. And we like we just had we had a speaker that came last year that she was so nervous to oh. come to Iowa. I just I will never forget this woman as long as I live. She was so nervous <laughs> to come to Iowa. And then of course, and then when she got here, she's like this place is so great. Oh yeah. Like, you can't help but a, fall in yeah, love with Iowa. Like she I mean. brought a friend for protection, you know, yeah. like she was, <laughs> and you know, she just, this place is so great. I just love it here. It and is. so of course she reapplied to speak and, you know, Good. and so we worked with her to like kind of tweak her, her, her talk a little bit, but like we wanted her back because she was so happy to be yeah. here. Like her energy was just what we, we wanted to make sure we did everything we could to get her here. And yeah. 
You know, I, I, you know, just going back, I started my business in 2010, went full time with it in 2012. And that's when, you know, some of this stuff was starting to amp up. And it's so yeah. funny how much of that stuff just by osmosis mm -hmm. or just kind of like by being around gets into your brain. Yeah. You know, and so I think that that's another thing not to be overlooked is that you can't help but absorb some <laughs> of this stuff yeah. because people are talking about it. And, and yeah. if you I, I really hope that people are starting to get a, you know, a sense of FOMO if you haven't bought your tickets on your fest. Oh, I know that is. that's happening. Definitely. You know, it, it's I'm it's getting it. I'm like getting anxious sitting here know? thinking about it. I remember yeah. that first time I looked at the agenda and saw the uh, events happening kind of all at the same time. And just like, yeah. oh, I want to get to all of this. Yep. How am I going to yeah. do that? Well, and, and as someone who has not ever like personally been an entrepreneur, uh, mm -hmm. but I still, the first Entrefest I ever went to was fascinating just because they were talking about really interesting topics. Like the very first mm -hmm. session I went to was on artificial intelligence mm -hmm. and how yeah. AI was being used to create art. Yes. And so they would create art pieces during the presentation. They'd be like, okay, give me a suggestion. We want this and we want this. And they'd tell the computer to make like a painting uh, or they or like how it could make poems and stuff like that. And it was just it was just really fascinating just to be there and to see all those kinds of things happening. And your imagination kind of goes wild. And you don't have to be a business owner to appreciate that. Just, you know, just be a naturally curious person. I guess that's why that's for me, Entrefest was a really cool event, even as a non business owner mm -hmm. yeah yeah i couldn't agree with that more yeah so i think we're drawing to the end of our talk with you today Rob, okay. which makes me sad because i feel like we could absolutely keep talking oh yeah i know we have not heard even a fraction of your story oh, so <laughs> but um i guess final question that i would love for you to answer is if a, you know someone's listening to this and they're like gosh i have had this business idea or i've got this maybe um, you know, beginning of a, of a business that I'm working on, what would you recommend they do from that point? You know, I think don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. um, and it is hard and it is overwhelming. Right. Um, and don't feel like you're, you're, you're stupid or dumb because you feel that way. Everyone that is starting out, especially those that are starting out feels that way. And, just know, and if nothing else from this conversation, know that there is an entire network and community of people here in Iowa uh, that are ready to stand beside you and help lead, lead the way and give you the uh, encouragement, the solid advice that you need in order to make that dream come true. Don't not do it. Um, trust your crazy ideas. Uh, give it a try um, and see what happens. And tweet Andy Stoll. And make sure to tweet Andy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank Iowa you. Innovation, Rob. We really thank appreciate you. it. Keep up the great work. And thank you for telling the story of Iowa Innovation uh, and amplifying that message. It's important. Thank you. Thanks so much to our guest, Rob Williams, for coming on the show. Remember, you can find him on social media. He's on LinkedIn. He's on Twitter. And you can email him at rwilliams at sourcelink.com. If you love the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you really love the show, be sure to tweet Andy Stoll and tell him. <laughs> tweet him repeatedly. Uh, you can also visit our blog, newbo.co slash blog, to find key takeaways that are summarized and detailed. This podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Media Group. 
For more information, go to lasmediagroup.com. Finally, we sure would love it if you'd think about making a donation to New Book Hope because your contributions to our nonprofit are what help us continue to serve innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs all across the state. If you want to learn more, visit nubo.co slash donate. I am so excited to see how many tweets Andy gets out of this. He's just, I really, really hope that he's in a meeting or something like that and does not have his phone on silent because that is comedy right there. It is. It is. And it sounds like it's really good kind of long time, long lead payback. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, revenge (laughs) is always best served cold. Yes. 